I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Dave and Dujanovic. I heard this driving in on Utah's Morning News today, Dave, and I thought, well, this is a great discussion for us and our listeners. Uh, Salt Lake City, uh, of course, been on the list for potentially hosting the 2030 Winter Olympics. Uh, but turns out that Utah has a lot of competition. Um, and there's this really unique possibility that I think, I went, oh, oh, this could really interfere with Utah's chances. You say unique. I call it cheating. You're cheating the system. Play fair. Well, let's start with this. Let's uh, start with KSL News Radio's Adam Small, who did a report this morning on uh, the bid bid cities. We know Salt Lake City, Sweden, Sapporo, Japan, and Vancouver, Canada have been named bidders for 2030. But recently, the head of the International Olympic Committee told the Associated Press there are five other bidders outside of Sweden, meaning six total. We still don't know the other two. And And there's a little... There's a hook here mm-hmm. of what, what those new bidders might look like. Yeah. Is Fraser on the line? Fraser Bullock, president and CEO of yes. the Salt Lake City, Utah Games, uh, for our committee for the games. Good morning. Good morning. So I really want to dive right into this kind of this unique pitch that I heard about uh, when I was driving in this morning listening to Tim and Amanda. And it has to do with like a couple of countries getting together to perhaps bid as one? What, what can you tell us about that? Well, the new uh, program for bidding for games is flexibility. Uh, there, was, there were three countries that were looking at getting together, including Switzerland, Italy, and, and France uh, just a month ago. That didn't come together, but the IOC has made it clear that the games need to fit the circumstance of those countries and not the other way around. So they don't have to build new things. If they can go to several uh, small countries in Europe or several other countries in Europe, then they can utilize existing facilities. And that's really important. What do you think about that? Because it, it, it does seem like you're kind of gaming the system a little bit when you're awarding it to a region. And if, if I'm having a fan experience and I might have to travel or take a flight from uh, city to city, that, that seems like not a great experience. Well, that's one of the great strengths of our bid is we have what we call compact games such that all of the Olympic venues are within less than an hour of driving of downtown Salt Lake City. We're going to have the Olympic Village. 
And so that is an ideal game from our perspective. We think it's one of our strengths, including our political support, our public support. All those elements make for a very compelling bid. So even though there are many cities out there uh, interested in the games, it's hard to put a games together. Uh, we're the only ones at this point that really have a solid bid that we're ready to go with. So there's going to be interest. We're going to read about uh, things that come and go or places that come and go. Game bidding is fluid. and But through all of that, we're ready. We're strong. Now, let me add one last thing, is that our preference is 2034. So we're actually hopeful that one of these candidates <laughs> steps forward yeah. for 2030. Okay. So <laughs> the competitive side of me says no, but the other, the logical side of me says yes, well, this maybe. is good for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. Why, yeah. why is it better? Why is 2034 so much better than 30? Just too quick? Uh, <clears throat> no, 2030, we would overlap with Los Angeles having the 28 games. Mm. And so their games end in August of 28, and we would start in February of 2030, which only gives us 14 months to raise sponsorship money and and all of these other elements. We would have a big overlap with L.A. We can make it work, but it's harder. Yeah, That's why we prefer 2034. Well, and all the security resources that we called on for the 2002 mm. Winter Games, too, weren't all from Utah, right? I mean, people were coming in and volunteers were helping. And so we would be leaning on those resources as well from other places across the United States. Um, that makes sense. So, okay, go go Utah. Go Salt Lake City for 2034. Uh, that is that's that was news. That's news to me, Fraser. I I mean, I would like we'll just take the Olympics whenever we can get them. But there's a lot of strategy behind it that two co-hosts that sit on a microphone all day, you know, all morning long, really don't understand. And what do you think the odds are we're going to get one of those? Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Two. Extremely high. Our bid is so strong. It's so compelling that and and the, this is a key market to the uh, Olympic movement to have the United States, the winter market as well as the summer market. So we're highly hopeful and, and pretty confident that we'll get one of those two games. So we're optimistic. We're ready. We like we prefer 34. But if we need to do 30, we're ready. 
Fraser Bullock, thank you for joining us, President and CEO of the Salt Lake City, Utah Committee for the Games. Yeah. Are you excited? Oh, I'm, I'm so beyond excited. I love this idea. Hey, 2034 just seems so far away. I mean, that's 11 years from now. I, I, I would like it to happen sooner, uh, but you listen, it's still not terrible. Yeah, I'll take either. I'll take either, either, for sure. Yeah. Was... But seven years will feel like tomorrow. Like If we get the 2030 bid, it will be high gear trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. It it will be shocking. You remember all the massive changes we had uh, as soon as we got the first bid. Which is I-15 a 95 expansion. I yeah, we got the bid. I think it was a 94, 95. We first started talking about, and I first started covering those stories that we might bid in the early 90s, and then I think we got the bid in, I want to say, 95. Uh, And then I was looking at the calendar and thinking, well, 2002, that'll never get here. And all of a sudden, it's 21 years in the rearview mirror. Yeah, It happens that fast. Super exciting. Fraser Bullock, thank you so much for jumping on the line with us. Always a pleasure to talk to you about the possibility. I do think this is a game changer if you start looking at regional bids. it would be very difficult if we were trying to share mm-hmm. uh, with, say, Canada, you know, a, a regional bid between the United States and Canada. But for large countries like us, how how much does it change it if we said, hey, we're going to host it here in Salt Lake City and Denver and possibly some areas up in Idaho? You know, if you had a regional bid. I'm sure Idaho has an ice skating rink. Right for for the win- for for ice oh, for sure yeah right or yeah. for what is that curling I did that curling yeah. thing yeah curling's awesome curling yeah I'm sure yeah. they have an ice skating rink they can lend to the cause but the experience is totally different resorts, right? if it's you know one stop shopping mm-hmm. everything's within an hour of Salt Lake City yeah but for other countries that may not have the resources or can't afford it that that might bring the Olympics on some level, in a smaller way, to many more countries. It was 20 years ago this month that Elizabeth Smart was found alive on 102nd South, right near Southtown Mall, walking with her two kidnappers. Um, I spoke to her dad after she was found alive, her dad, Ed. Let me play this. I went in there last night and gave her a blessing. And, uh, you know, everyone loves her. And uh, and she's got to know how many people out there love her. Did you see her this morning? I kind of snuck in there and and peeked to make sure that this whole thing is real, you know? Yeah, that was her dad, Ed, the morning after she came back home. She was gone for nine months. Many of us uh, know the story. We live through the story. Some of us are too young to remember the story. I covered the story beginning to end as a news reporter for KSL 5 TV, and I'm very excited over the next um, hour and a half. Uh, we're not only going to speak to Elizabeth herself uh, at 11.45 when she calls the show um, to tell us how she's doing today, and of course she's turned into just a remarkable, remarkable, and she was a remarkable child, um, and she's turned into just a remarkable woman and a mother, and I'm excited to talk to her then, Dave. And we're also going to speak to the author of this new book. I just finished reading it. It's called Un- uh, Unexpected. It is re- being released today. 
Chris Thomas is going to join us as well and walk us through some of the stories that either we didn't remember or had no idea about, stories about the police and some, I'll just say, botched moments in the investigation, stories about the media and the chaos that was going on behind the scenes, and stories of stress within the family. Uh, We're going to start that coverage in four minutes. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.